0: Shoot straight, you bastards, don't make a mess of it. Let's talk execution. It's been a number of months since I told you to start getting your post-coronavirus recession plan planned. Today, when are you going to be ready to execute? You don't want to be too soon. Being too soon is expensive. Being too late could cost you everything. I'm Jacob Aldridge. This is Don't Waste a Good Recession. Economic snapshot number 21 here reviewing the financials for the Australian UK US economies as indicators for most of the Western world as at the end of November 2020 and therefore using them as a forecast for your small medium-sized business in December of 2020 the focus as I said is around execution you may recall we talked about Very early on, the transformation that every business has to go through during a recession. That the business that goes into a recession is not the same business that comes out the other side. To succeed for the long term you need to evolve, to reinvent yourself. I'm not talking about the crazy pivots that maybe we had to do back in March and April of 2020 just to survive. I'm talking about the committed focused strategic development of your organization. And every recession changes a business in these four ways. So you can either make that transformation yourself or bury your head in the sand and hope that it doesn't affect you and watch as your business slowly declines or fails to maintain the pace that it could as we go into the next decade of economic growth. The four transformations we've talked about, Firstly, the transformation of your client base, and that doesn't necessarily mean different clients but what motivates your clients, their value proposition, what drives them will be different on the other side of the, this recession as it was going in. Your clients will have changed. Your product packaging, pricing even perhaps, therefore also needs to change. You're selling to different people, different value proposition, how you bundle, unbundle, price your services may change that doesn't necessarily mean discount. We're not talking here about how you get through a recession, but how you use the opportunity of a recession to prepare yourself for the long-term future. And that may mean increasing your prices. Your sales and marketing strategy also needs to change. You're selling a different product, different price, different people. It goes to reason that how you sell it, how you attract them through the marketing strategy also needs to change. And then the fourth transformation is your team, your people. They will also have gone through a transformation. None of us go through a recession, let alone a pandemic, without some introspection, some opportunity to reflect what's important to us and to change. It's part of working with your team and keeping that communication going through the recession. It's also making sure that they are aware of what's happening with your clients, your pricing, with your marketing and your sales. We're going to go through the detail of when to execute. Let me just give you the executive summary now. If you are in Australia and you have not planned those four, if you're not ready to execute those four changes at a moment's notice, then we need to talk. We need to get something into your diary before Australia Day to go through how your business is responding to the coronavirus recession, how it's planning to profit for the long term by making those four transformations. That's going to be the same for other economies that are similar to Australia in terms of being less impacted by coronavirus. A lot of Southern hemisphere countries like New Zealand, Fiji. If you're in the Northern hemisphere, you're gonna be looking at some local conditions. You still have time. In fact, you may still be looking at how you focus on your recession product and packaging, sales and marketing. Uh, Doesn't mean you can ignore these. Remember, the economy moves in a cycle. The point of greatest risk is at the top of the cycle when we're careening down the motorway at 200 miles per hour in a car that's out of control, just waiting for something to go wrong. The point of greatest financial opportunity sits at the bottom of the cycle. Buy when there's blood in the streets, when everybody else is feeling despondent, that is your opportunity as a business leader to come with motivation, to come with energy, to come with the new solutions. And if you're waiting for that execution point to start planning, you're going to be behind. You're going to be, as we're seeing here in Queensland, where borders to other states have just opened If you're the hotel, if you're the restaurant, if you're the tourism operator that waited until now to try and find the staff and the marketing plan, you're going to be weeks behind on that profit opportunity. You need to plan through the downturn. And we are still in the downturn. We're still going through that planning phase, but we are now getting close to the point where you want to be ready for the execution. And you want to know exactly when does that execution point happen? If anything err on the side of moving too early if you can afford it but let's look at the indicators we've been using when do we know the economy is at that execution point so you can execute those plans so what does execution point look like in a typical recession there's a few factors that lead to that recession Uh, we've got A long form video and the cornerstone content on the Don't Waste a Good Recession YouTube channel about how a typical recession progresses like dominoes, how the coronavirus recession is different. These three indicators are showing us that the recession is on its way out. It is over, We're, we're heading back into the next period of economic growth and boom times. First the lead indicators of the economy are positive especially, which of course is not the remit of these videos, the lead indicators in your business are positive. Are you managing to track those? Have you found that handful of lead, current, or lag indicators that give you insight to the future of your business? We're gonna talk about the lead indicators for the economy, lead indicators for your business, even more important. Second factor for the execution point. FIFO, first in, first out. Sector X is the sector that goes into a recession first and it's normally the first one out it leads the recovery it leads the next economic growth period and so when you know what triggered the recession you can see if that has ended if and if has taken with it a lot of the uh, economic mistakes inefficiencies waste that was going on in the economy it's fixed those up uh, and is on its way out and then the third Indicator that we're at that execution point is that the monetary policy, the fiscal policy of governments, reserves around the world is no longer needed. It hasn't necessarily ended. Those are slow-moving ships, and governments, once they're printed the the turned on the, the money printing machine, uh, they are slow to turn them off because they don't want to prematurely send us back into recession or a slower recovery. So it's not that they have ended, but that they do have a clear end point. Uh, that we can trust that the governments are going to indicate. So those three factors, the lead indicators, sector X and the monetary and fiscal policy. So let's now apply those to this recession, coronavirus recession in December of 2020. Now, you may remember last month, I looked at those two lead indicators, active COVID-19 cases and the share market. And we talked about how Australia was well and truly pulling ahead, that the two-track recovery that we talked about in the October forecast was underway and Australia was very much ahead of the UK and the US in regards to business opportunities for small, medium-sized organisations. How in the UK and the US, not so much. The stock markets had gone down, there was still a lot of financial uncertainty going into November. Now let's look at what November gave us in terms of those figures. Active COVID-19 cases, up, 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 a lot of red, a lot of up and increase across the board. Now remember, these are not total cases. There's the total deaths there, total deaths, total cases that some news media are still reporting will always go up. You can't undie of COVID-19. The number will always increase. Active cases don't necessarily have to keep going up. Indeed, we wanna see them going down. This means that there are more people in those countries, in those communities, who actively have COVID 19 than there was one month ago. And the increase in the active COVID cases floating around means it's more likely that lockdowns are going to come in place or they're going to stay in place or they're going to get tighter. It means that people are more likely to respond by not spending, by not going to work, by not providing supporting the economy because of increased cases all around them, or of course the fact that they may be at home sick or sadly much worse Australia once again a little bit of green in fact Australia went through the entire month of November with zero COVID-19 deaths across the whole country. There has been uh, a little bit of a cluster in South Australia. Uh, So the the case change week to week has gone up slightly. And most of those active cases in Australia are in quarantine. Uh, They are returning travellers from overseas. There is very limited community transmission going on in Australia. The same can't be said the UK, the US and globally. The number of people with active COVID-19 across the world and some of those countries up by almost half again during the month of November and we've been talking for some time about how heading into the northern winter people being closer together spending more time in enclosed spaces and the fact that colds are worse during the winter months possibly for that reason possibly because it's just colder all of these factors underlying suggests increased COVID-19 cases, as opposed to the opposite. So in terms of a lead indicator, not looking so good uh, from an active COVID-19 case. From the economy, we look at the share market, people putting their money where their mouth is. You buy today because you believe that things are going to get better in the future. You sell today because you think things are going to get worse. We've had about a one month lead indicator the share markets versus the real economy of your small and medium-sized business. So what did November give us? A great month. When I shifted the Don't Waste a Good Recession economic updates from weekly to monthly, part of it was to get over the noise. I said, I'm sick of having conversations with you about share markets that are up or down 1% or 2%. Let's focus on when they go up or down by 10%. Actual volatility that means something. Well, that's what we had in November. 9% in Australia, but 13%, 14% uh, in um respectively, the Dow Jones Industrial uh, um, Industrial Index and the FTSE 100 in the UK. Big months, big growth months. Now, because remains the most horseshit word in financial journalism. Having said that, I think it's pretty clear that what triggered in November the markets to really bounce off where they were in October was the announcement not just once from Pfizer, but uh, three, four times from these vaccine manufacturers that the initial widespread stage three clinical trials were showing an enormous level of efficacy, uh, very, very positive results that spoke to a much faster and earlier rollout of those vaccines. And for those businesses that are waiting for the vaccines to get up and running with the recovery, that could possibly start much sooner. And so the money plowed back in, a little bit of an, uh, an election in the US probably didn't hurt things. Uh, you may have seen the very, very brief press conference that Donald Trump ran congratulating himself and the US economy for the Dow reaching 30,000 points, which was a new record high. It has reached a new record high. It's come off at ever so slightly uh, for last Friday, the last Friday of the month figures that we've got there. Um, Americans aren't great with irony. Donald Trump getting up and congratulating himself for getting the Dow Jones to 30,000 points when that was at least in part triggered by him losing an election is somewhat ironic. Uh, For us in the small, medium-sized businesses, even though we're not listed on any of these exchanges, that certainly bodes well for economic confidence from right now. In in fact, from uh, several weeks ago. If your business is wondering whether this Christmas, the economy is going to be good, The general indicators are certainly suggesting that it absolutely would be. Uh, Last point I wanted to make there, you can see they're highlighted uh, in white the the past month, that that growth trajectory. You can really see the blue of the FTSE and how it's lagging. If you want an indication of the impact of Brexit, uh, UK left the European Union in January of this year. And now uh, looking at possibly a hard Brexit at the end of December, my feeling is that there will be some deal for PR purposes, if nothing else, that's created. If you want to know the economic impact of Brexit, I think that chart shows it. The FTSE is up 27.5% since March. It has not gone back to the February record highs that it held. And it is lagging, even though that's great growth off the back of a, a, a bad month, where it dropped by more than 30%, uh, it has lagged Australia, it has lagged the US, and some of that is definitely because of the looming Brexit and the impact that that is going to have on the UK economy. As a UK citizen, the less I say about that, the better. I actually have my new password, it's not even that blue. Long story, not the point, Jacob, not the point. The point is this. When is the execution point coming in the coronavirus recession? Question number one, lead indicators, are they positive? Well, in Australia, they continue to be. So for Australia, that first of the three factors, big tick. The UK and the US, unlike last month, share markets are up. They are up strongly. Heading into Christmas, which is often a good period for spending. However, active COVID-19 cases, the lockdowns continue to be in the red. They're not looking good. Uh, Increased lockdowns across the UK already in place. Joe Biden comes in as president on the 20th of January, has already talked about uh, not necessarily being able to enforce any national things because of uh, the, uh, the federated way that the US governments are set up, but to make some much stronger recommendations to the states about what they need to do to prevent the ongoing rise of COVID-19 cases in that country, which will undoubtedly have some economic impact, whether that's a greater economic impact than, you know, more people dying, the fact that it could by that point be at a September 11 size death rate every single day. What impact does that have on the economy, uh, even if we ignore the human cost so positive uh, elite indicators for Australia, less clear for the UK and the US. While we're on the topic of economic indicators, let's quickly look at the two lag indicators, unemployment and GDP growth. Unemployment figures came out, uh, the UK for September, uh, that was up was up uh, by 0.3%, which is quite a jump for the UK continues to be still really good by historical standards, let alone coronavirus recession standards around the world. Australia was up uh, ever so slightly as we came through the last of some of the, the big lockdowns in Victoria. At the US, unemployment was down by a full percent. Uh, and, you know, even though there are some one-off things, we've talked about the census, uh, election-related employment, um, you know, in the final push for the election campaign, this is the October figures. So uh, campaigns, hiring, um, you know, vote counters, all of those impartial in theory, uh, being recruited. It's temporary stuff, but it's it's good news. We can't take away from the fact that that's very, very good news for the American economy. Remember, American unemployment in April was 14.7%. That is tens of millions of people who are back working in October that were not working in March. And that is going to be a great as a lead indicator for the economy moving forward. GDP growth, uh, Australia, about the time this video will hit the airwaves, will announce its September quarter. It's expected to be as the UK was when it came out last month, the US, which released their preliminary data the month before. Much the same, the best quarter of GDP growth in history was September. What does that mean? Not much, really, that's rearview mirror kind of stuff. It's like saying you could have got the boyfriend, girlfriend of your dreams in high school, but you didn't. Ship has sailed. You've got to look forward. You've got to look at the present moment, that point of power. Um, absolutely, though, good news for the economy that it's not worse than it could be as we head into it. Uh, the figures are going to be interesting for the December quarter certainly mixed conversations. But when we look at the share market, when we look at what's happening, that would suggest that the December quarter is probably going to be positive whatever the outcome, it's not going to be as positive, as big a jump as the September quarter. It's not going to get GDP in those countries or uh, any of the other countries particularly affected around the world. It's not going to send that back above pre-coronavirus recession GDP levels. The V-shaped recession has not happened. Uh, It's not going to, to get us into recovery until mid to end of 2021. So the next two execution points then, sector X, has recovered. Now, sector X, historically, you know, that's been things like uh, agriculture, 1706 recession in the United Kingdom was the, uh, the solar minimums, the little ice age that triggered an agriculture led recession in 1999, 2000, the dot com bust, uh, real estate banks in 2008, railroads in 1957, all these specific sectors. And that first in first out that we talked about you know, the mining sector collapses, Uh, It starts to recover, it's taken the rest of us with it. Network multiplier effects, we're all in this together. Good for the economy, potentially good for you as a business owner if you lose your business because it gives a chance to wash out all of those inefficiencies, it makes the system stronger. The economy, small business being anti-fragile, it benefits from the volatility of a recession. The coronavirus recession was different. It wasn't a specific industry that crashed the car racing down the motorway. It was the pandemic, which meant that we had this double impact of government-enforced lockdowns that were causing economic distress, and then the wider inefficiencies of the economy. Remember, some countries like Germany, Hong Kong, went into recession before the pandemic arrived. It wasn't the pandemic that set them off. Uh, and all of these other countries that we're looking at were also uh, in uncertain, troubling financial times prior to the pandemic. But that was the trigger, so where are we at for the pandemic coming out? Well, the vaccines as we've talked about. Remember, this is incredible news, we have never before created a coronavirus vaccine. There's no cure for the common cold, that's what we all got told at least a quarter of the annual common colds are caused by the coronavirus family, things like SARS and MERS, that's coronavirus. It's taken COVID-19 with its incredibly high ref factor to uh, actually get this real focus on creating a coronavirus vaccine. So for the coronavirus recession, if the pandemic was sector X, if it what caused it, what does the recovery look like? It's not the end of the disease, it's not that suddenly you know the mining companies are back to where they were, it's that they're on the road to recovery, they've got some stability, they've got some confidence, they've got some growth based on efficiencies, not the wild card down the freeway. So the end of sector X, for the pandemic is not that the disease has been eradicated or cured necessarily, it's the consistent, predictable management of it. And a vaccine is an important first step towards that consistent management of the disease that can therefore start the economic recovery. First step, we have to think about how is this going to be rolled out? Remember, if you execute those strategies, if you start taking to your customers to your staff a post-recession pricing and packaging solution, a post-recession sales and marketing approach. If you do that too early, you will miss the opportunity. They won't be ready for it. So the reason why we want to know the next steps for the vaccine rollout is we want to know when we can execute so that we time that appropriately. And here are some of the headlines. Let me boil it down. In my journalism days, we loved giving you a little analogy that you could wrap your head around, made things sound impressive. If you had every English Premier League football stadium with the UK military providing what they reckon is 100,000 jabs a week at that football stadium in Bristol, if you had that happening at every single English Premier League football stadium, you still wouldn't get through the UK population in a year. And that makes the assumption that we're vaccinating people who can get up, can stand in a queue, can walk through and get jabbed twice uh, by most of those vaccines. You're going to need to get two jabs. Uh, So, you know, once you're going into nursing homes, you're going into some of those higher risk communities who can't just get up and go to a football stadium, it's going to get harder soon. Now, don't get me wrong, we will do this. We will do this fast. I don't think it's going to take a year, even if we needed every championship football stadium as well. Um, This is a military operation. This is a matter of national security. We will roll out this vaccine. And for all the anti-vax child murderers that are out there uh, who are going to oppose it, for all the people who aren't clear, I think when we see the effects, assuming that the efficacy continues to be there, even at some of those risk groups that can't be put into a trial. Um, You know, that is going to take us to the point where, um, you know, even with people who say they won't get a vaccine, we're still going to have enough uptake, enough impetus from governments and businesses around the world to make it happen. The last unknown, which will come as part of that profit phase, it's not going to impact when we execute, it's going to impact to a degree, a large amount of the economic growth over the rest of this macroeconomic boom that we've talked about. How long will the vaccine actually provide that protection? Is it going to be like polio, like smallpox, where you get a series of doses and you're therefore protected for the rest of your life, barring very, very edge case events? Or is it going to be like the flu, where you're going to need an annual jab? It's going to provide a level of protection against however the coronavirus has mutated that year. I get a flu jab every year. It behooves me for my business, my family and my clients that I get that level of protection and obviously get a coronavirus vaccine every year if that was necessary. Tens of thousands of people die from the flu every year. We know, based on the data at the moment, COVID-19 is potentially around 10 times more lethal than the flu so that could look at hundreds of thousands of people dying every single year the vaccine will exist not everyone will get a vaccine every year that's the risk that's going to go on and we'll have some years that are better than others so even though we have a vaccine it's not a magic pill however it is fantastic news for the end of sector x and what that means for the economy now the third of those factors monetary fiscal policy no longer required how's that going Australia, good positive lead indicators. You know, the government has said job keeper, job seeker. those are the, the fundamental fiscal stimulus programs where the government's been pumping money to prop up the economy here. Those are due to, they're winding down already, they're due to expire in March. The government has said there'll be no extension. So they're talking the talk of it's no longer required, the economy is gonna be in good shape uh, from early 2021. The Federal Reserve Bank, uh, in putting out its statement yesterday, not moving interest rates, which are at record lows here in Australia, has said bumpy recovery. Some of people reading the tea leaves in there feel that the Australian Federal Reserve Bank won't lift interest rates for at least three years. That means that they're going to allow some runaway inflation. We know the government wants some big licks of inflation. Rich people want big licks of inflation, so it's probably going to happen. Uh, they'll want some of that, but that also means that because interest rates are one of the, the bluntest instruments for curbing inflation, they don't think it's going to be run away anytime soon. So they're not forecasting a return to boom times in 2021. And it is worth noting as we look at, you know, Joe Biden's gonna come in and, and talk about stimulus. Uh, so there's more coming down the pipeline in the US. The furlough program got extended in the UK, a lot of uncertainty. Um, lockdowns, tears, you're allowed to have Christmas off. Boris Johnson's got a week long truce with COVID-19 apparently to have Christmas off. Um, But certainly we don't have a firm end date for those programs in place. And that headline PM rules out job seeker, job keeper extension is actually from May of this year. And Scott Morrison's government extended both of those programs subsequent to making that announcement. So. Where does that leave us? The lead indicators, are they positive? Absolutely in Australia, looking very, very good. The UK, the US, we're getting mixed signals. Look at the local area. How is COVID-19 impacting you locally? And of course, with lead indicators, look at your business. Sector X, has it recovered? Are we managing the pandemic in a consistent manner? Let's get the rollout information for these vaccines. That's starting this month in the UK. We're going to have that information very, very soon. Monetary fiscal policy intervention stimulus no longer required, certainly not there yet. The governments are talking that way, except perhaps uh, the incoming president in the US who'd love to have some checks with his autograph on it instead of the guy who's leaving the White House. So that's not definite. Combine those three factors. There's certainly nothing there that tells me that the execution point is absolutely coming before March of 2021. However, combined with your business lead indicators, you may see that the post-recession economy is coming your way. Remember, you have to separate out how are you dealing with the recession economy and some of the ups and downs that are going on with that from how your business will be structured after the recession, after the execution point. The four transformations of a recession that you either do intentionally or you have thrust upon you. Different clients, different pricing and packaging, different marketing and sales strategy, different team, different team approach. Have you got the plan in place yet for how those are going to look post-recession? If you don't, who's helping you to create them? If you need to have a conversation, my emails, my phone always remain available and absolutely based here in Australia, trapped in paradise, I'm gonna be having a lot of conversations with small and medium sized business owners heading through December and January about making sure that they are ready. If you'd like to be one of those, reach out, let me know. The UK, the US, you do still need to continue implementing the back to basics approach that we've talked about. Again, talking to a lot of business owners in those countries and others around the world about that juggle. What do I do with my business to get through the recession, benefit from the opportunities that are there, while also planning and preparing for the future. Those are both opportunities for you to balance with the investment of time you make every week, both now and for the future. My message remains what it always has. Don't waste a good recession. Grab those opportunities that are there. And if you're really not sure how to apply that for yourself, what the lead indicators are in your business or how on earth you're going to transform it while also continuing to keep your business running. Keep subscribed, share it with your friends, reach out, let's have a conversation. I hope you have a fantastic December, both in terms of your business, your health and your family. I will put out the next economic update as we head into January. 2021, a new year, and I will remind you not to buy into any of the negativity that's going to pop up around that transition, but instead to count your COVID blessings and to look forward with power, with strength, and with focus on creating the business and lifestyle that you have always wanted.